coming up on this episode of Nintendo Cartridge Society. Mom says it's too wet to play outside. We're talking rainy day games. It's dangerous to go alone, so the Nintendo Cartridge Society goes with you. Welcome to Nintendo Cartridge Society. My name is Patrick Ellers, and I am joined, as always, by my co-host, Mark Mitchell. How's it going, Mark? It's going cozy. Mm, we got a little cozy thing going on. Mark's wearing a hoodie, as per always. <laughs> uh, but we've got some tea or hot water with lemon. It's a little bit rainy and cold. It's cold like if your grandmas were going to do a podcast, a let's, Nintendo podcast. Let's start this over. We'll do it as our grandmas. <laughs> This is your grandma's podcast, Nintendo podcast. Um, yeah, so that's what we're going to be talking about today, uh, but we'll get into that in a second. The Nintendo Direct had us so distracted or blindsided that we had to blow through some of the things that we normally do. Uh, one of the things that we normally do is remind you that if you would like to borrow my copy of Sonic Forces, there may still be a chance for you to do this. Uh, may or may not. I haven't seen my copy of this game in a little bit. Uh, I sent it off. Hopefully it is coming back to me someday. Maybe they're one hundred percenting it. Maybe they're what? Look, if you, if anyone borrows a copy, my copy of Sonic Forces, gets it sent to their house, one hundred percents the game, and then has no way to share that information with anyone. <laughs> <laughs> if you do that, it would be a feat. Maybe it got lost in customs when it was like going across the border or something. Maybe, maybe that's it. Um. Whatever the case, if you would like to get on this list to borrow my copy of Sonic Forces, all you need to do is email your address to me. We are Nintendo Cartridge Society at, at gmail.com. And I send it to you, and that's as easy as that. Uh, and then you send it back to me. Hopefully, it is also as easy as that. Um, Mark, let's get into what we've been playing this week. I know we finished talking about it, but I'm still playing Ocarina of Time. Oh, okay. On my 3DS. Uh-huh. Um, I don't really have much more to add other than um, I'm, uh, I, I finished the Spirit Temple and have just been sort of running around Hyrule, cleaning things up, touching base with all those great fairies, and getting that bottle that I was talking about, never knowing where it was. Um, so, yes, I, I'm continuing to play that game, and I still love it. I finished Celeste this weekend. Look at us wrapping stuff up. Yeah. Um, so I liked it a lot. I didn't use the assist mode at all until I got to the very end of the game. Uh, yes, well. Uh, it was the first time ever that, like, I see a lot of people talking about how the Switch needs a proper D-pad. Yeah. And I had never experienced that for myself before. And then playing Celeste, I was like, oh, yes, now I get it. Because the analog stick was a, a little imprecise for me, mm. and the four-button directional pad was not doing, was not cutting it. It just doesn't feel right. And so, um, yeah, I got to a point at the very end, uh, like really, really, really close to the very end, and I just could not get past this one particular puzzle, and I was so frustrated 
that I was just like, whatever. And I turned on basically like invincibility right. in uh, the assist mode and just like cruise through it and feel great about it. <laughs> because I think well, we talked the- about on the podcast mm-hmm. before that I was getting the feeling that like it was, the like individual chapters were a little long. Yeah. And some of the puzzle mechanics that they throw at you are just not fun at all. Like uh there's wind that blows and oh, any wind. level with wind in this game, I just wanted to die. And so by when I got towards the end of the game, I was ready for it to be over with. Yeah. I was not really like enjoying the challenge anymore. So when I hit my breaking point to get to the end I did not care that I used the uh, assist mode. Yeah, well, and the game is about failure, right? And about yes. like learning to o- overcome failure. Yes. So I think as long as you get to a point where you are frustrated with it and then overcome it by whatever means, that you've experienced what the game has set out to make you experience. Uh-huh. It's a great game. Yeah. I really enjoyed it. Uh, but I definitely hit a wall a few times. Um, that's a game that I would like to try to purchase with my Nintendo points, but uh, I've got I've got to cash in all those uh, physical games. I'm sorry to tell for, like, you, that I know they they're are... worth almost nothing. I know, <laughs> and if they were released a year ago, they're literally worth nothing. Well, how do they know when I bought it? It's release date. It's not. It's release it's date. Release date. What? Yeah, it's not purchase date. Oh, Nintendo. That's how they get around. How do they know when you bought it? What? Um, release date yeah release date then i gotta start registering some of those things like right now but i think you would really like this game sure so whether or not i'm spending gold coins on it it's worth it i could spend i could spend real honest money on it um i also played a little bit of the kirby star allies demo uh it seems cute and fun and i'm gonna pick up the game on friday uh had sarah play through this my girlfriend play through the the first level um and She's trying to wrap her head around it, but like Kirby, Mario is her jam. Uh, Kirby seems a little uh, different for her, but the game is cute enough that I, I mean, you, you watched her play a little bit yeah. Uh, as, uh, as you walked in this evening. Um, I am hopeful that that's a game that we can play together and not uh, hate each other while, while doing. <laughs> I, for you playing through the demo, it definitely is cute and everything. Are you worried that there's not enough meat here um... as a more experienced gamer? You know, you drink gamer fuel and right, 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 you right, live right, off right, Doritos. Right, right. I wear those glasses that are like the ionized things. Uh-huh. That are, right. Mm-hmm. Um I don't I don't know. I still feel like we mentioned this on the last episode. We don't really know what like the substance of this game is. We've, fair. That's we've fair. seen two levels and uh I mean there there could well be some, you know, really challenging or uh, levels later on or interesting spaces to explore. But I mean if it's just um, continuing to find new ways to like jam characters' powers together to like do cool stuff. Uh, maybe maybe I'm okay with that. Uh, I was also I did could not believe how charmed I was the first time I made a friend in that game. Because <laughs> like you turn this little like Joker enemy guy into your friend, and like his whole design changes, and he like goes up to Kirby and like they kind of nuzzle each other. It's adorable. The Mark. game is very charming. Uh, so I don't know. Feels like enough for me. Bring some joy into my life. Thank you, Nintendo. Um, I also played the Splatoon 2 Splatfest this weekend. Uh, not very far into it, though. I, I think I ranked up two or three times in uh, representing Team Egg 
We were the losing team. Yes, I also hopped in and was playing as Team Egg. We had to after we determined that the answer to the question, chicken or egg, is definitively egg. Did you, uh, have you uh, turned the game back on to see the results? No. Um, so this is something that Marina brings up. She's like, biologically, evolutionarily speaking, the egg would have to come first. I love it. She made all the points that we did. So you and I, I'm saying, are basically Marina. <laughs> Put it in the book. Put it in the book. We're the same as Marina. Um, so it's sad that we lost. Uh, but I had fun playing Splatoon 2. Um, I mostly got into it because I was excited about the Octo expansion that's coming out this summer. Um, but I you know, can see myself hopping back in and uh, playing more just like here and there. I, I still love that like I can be away from that game for months and months. And then when I come back, I don't feel like I'm drowning in it. Like... Yeah, absolutely. You know, people have new gear and stuff, and there are levels I haven't been to, but, like, you know, I can still win my first match back after four months. Um, also, this weekend, you and I got together to play Chrono Trigger. Now, we sort of did this, or part of the reason that I was, like, I'm feeling Chrono Trigger was that the game was recently re-released on Steam, and it's sort of the phone port or sort of like an update of the phone version of that game, um, which is to say that it's a little bit of a mess. And like the it's just it's just not the a great Internet was the angered. The Internet was a, a flame. And so I was like, oh, that's a bummer. But Chrono Trigger, that's a good game. Um, so Mark and I got together uh, this weekend to play games, whatever, nonspecific. Um, but here's another thing that happened this last week. I picked up the Super NT, uh, the Analog Super NT, which is a Super Nintendo slash Super Famicom playing system that hooks up to your TV with an HDMI connection and uh, allows you to play these games on a, a TV um, in 2018 that actually looks like it's supposed to look. I don't know if you've tried to hook up a Super Nintendo on a high-definition television or a flat-screen TV in the last 15 years, but it looks crazy. Um, there's so much, like, just visual noise all the time, uh, and this eliminates that. Yeah, and it allows you to play... Because, like, the Super NES Classic Edition is very close to the original, but it is emulation, so there are some, like, differences. Yes. This is just, like, playing on the original hardware, because it is the original hardware. Yeah. Just it, in a new form factor. Yeah, exactly. So, and then it also means that you are able to, unlike the uh, Super Nintendo Classic, you are able to use all of your old cartridges and play as many games as you... I'm making a list in my head of, like, games that I... Cartridges that I need to get including both Lost Vikings games. Have you ever played Lost Vikings? No. Oh, they're, it's an early Blizzard game where there are these three Viking characters, and you it's a side-scrolling game, and you play as all three of them. You just push select to switch between them. And, like, one of them can run and jump. Another one has a shield, uh, and, like, he can hold the shield above his head to, like, glide. And then the other one has a sword and a bow and arrow, and you have to switch between them and, like, it ends up being, like, a cool puzzle platformer game. I really like the Lost Vikings games. They're super cool. And they've got all of that, like, you know, Blizzard is so good at uh, imbuing characters with personality. And, like, all three of those characters are just, like, super cool, super compelling. Um, but that's a Super Nintendo game that, like, you know, I would like to have, would have liked to have my collection before. But, like, eh, what am I really going to play it on? And now, Mark, I have an answer. It's the Super NT. Um, 
But do we want to talk about Chrono Trigger here? Or I feel like Chrono Trigger is going to end up in our conversation about Rainy Day Games. Yes, it definitely inspired yeah. our conversation on Rainy Day Games. So yeah, let's talk about it in the episode proper. Yeah, so we'll, we'll, we'll save that a little bit for then. Um, one other thing I wanted to mention about the Super NT is that it does come with two games preloaded on it. Uh, Super Turrican 2 and Super Turrican Director's Cut or Director's Edition or something like that. Um, and I've played a little bit of that. It is like a side-scrolling, shoot-em-up, Contra-esque kind of thing um, with some really insane sprite work. Like, the screen is just filled with amazingly detailed uh, robots and uh, bullets and stuff. Um, what I've played is fun. I haven't really gone too deep into it. Uh, but I'm afraid that I might. Mark, I have one other thing for us before we get into rainy day conversations. Um, Foddle, you remember Foddle? Uh, list longtime listeners will remember Foddle. Yes, as Foddle was our very first guest on maybe episode three, something like that. To talk about Luigi's man, Luigi's Luigi's mansion. <laughs> he was on to talk about Luigi's mansion. Um, and uh, Foddle, you know, listens to this show, and he had a problem with my take on Faye. So uh, Foddle generously uh, offered his opinion. Dear Nintendo Cartridge Society, this is your first guest Foddle here with a quick take on the video game fee. I totally disagree with Patrick on what he thinks about the video game. I found the gameplay to be delightful. I really liked the fact that there was no hand-holding. I agree that the scenery can be a little bit repetitive, but I actually enjoyed the subtle nuances of each of the different locations. And by the end of it, I grew to love the animals and the, the art and the general story behind the whole game. I highly recommend the game, and I give it about an 8.5 out of 10. <laughs> All right, so Fottles rated the game an 8.5 eight out of 10. Which we don't do on this we show. We do not but do on the show. But if we did, Fodl would rate it an 8.5 out of 10. Right, and I guess Fodl can do whatever he wants. <laughs> oh, fine. That's fair. Um, As the first guest, he has that's right. veto power. Uh, so I guess we'll go back in the book and, and change our review to, I guess I kind of liked it. <laughs> um, it does sort of make me want to go back and uh, him saying that like the, the, he liked the, the direction of the story makes me sort of want to see it through um to the end but i don't know if it, if it was feeling like grindy and boring for me i probably don't want to subject myself to that again right uh, my answer is no no okay you hear that bottle mark's answer is no uh we'll see i'll wrestle with my inner demons and see where i land mark let's get into our main topic rainy day games And we'll start with Chrono Trigger, because that's where we were before we transitioned over to this. Um, what do you think makes Chrono Trigger an effective rainy day? Like, why was it so right for a drizzly afternoon in Los Angeles? For me, it's obviously nostalgia. Mm, it's sure. that sense of, like, I remember being a kid, it being rainy, you know, hunkering down, playing Donkey Kong Country. Sure. And just that atmosphere makes me want to just have like the comfort food of games. So that's interesting because I feel like both Donkey Kong Country, which I feel like is a good one. And for, for me, I'm sure a lot of the, the answer is going to be a lot of the same nostalgia. Um, but both Donkey Kong Country and Chrono Trigger are like heavily atmospheric games. Um, they both try to put you into an environment and like 
you there's weather in both of those games. You know, not like an active weather system, whatever, but like you move into a snow level and you're going to get a blizzard, or it rains in a level in Donkey Kong Country, and Chrono Trigger is similar in that like some areas you go to are like snowy or there's always like you know clouds kind of passing uh, above. You get a sense of the weather in the game. Do you think there's a connection between that and like experiencing weather outside? Am I am I being too am I am I grasping at something here? I uh I don't I don't know. I mean, I do think it's the sense of atmosphere that be, um that does contribute to it because if if we wanted just comfort food, we could play through Super Mario Brothers three all day, every day. You right. know what I mean? Um, and we do quietly in our minds. <laughs> but you know, when given the opportunity to the first game that comes to mind when we talk about rainy day games for me is Donkey Kong Country, and I think it's the atmosphere. I mean, yes, I think it is tied to memories, but I think mm-hmm. it's part of the reason it lives so large in my memory because, like the the music. You know, it like fits that sort of uh, rainy day aesthetic. Yeah, and I think there's also just something about like, I understand all video games are, not all video games, many video games are about like escapism and, you know, not being in the environment that you're in. Um, And I do think that Donkey Kong Country does one of the more effective jobs of like putting you in a jungle or a cave or, you know, a snowstorm. Maybe that's why I don't connect to. Donkey Kong Country 2 that much. You don't want to be inside a beehive? I don't want to be inside a beehive or on a pirate ship. <laughs> or like thorny brambles? Yeah, in a bramble blast or whatever. <laughs> um, I mean, y- y- our experience with that game is pretty well documented at this point. <laughs> um, but it's a, something I'm sort of just realizing now that like one of the things that I like about the original Donkey Kong Country is just being in that world. And like there's a notable dip for me in Donkey Kong Country when I get to the factory level. Oh, yeah. Or when you're in, like, the polluted water. Like, I, I genuinely think that that's worse game. And, I, and now that I'm thinking about it, it's probably just because I don't want to be there. I like being in the jungle with my monkey friends. I don't like being at the gross factory with my monkey friends. Yeah, I think I'm that's true. I'm learning something about myself I, I today. Mean, I, I think that is true of Chrono Trigger as well. So we were playing Chrono Trigger for a few hours, yeah. and it was getting late into the night, but we neither of us wanted to finish when we were in the future. Yes. The like, depressing, yeah. toxic, arid future. That's right. We wanted to wait until we got back to like the comforting... Uh, what is it? Yeah, to the present. 1000 AD or whatever. The, the year 1000. We were stuck in 2300 for a while. It happens. Uh, it's post the end of the world in the timeline of that game. But yeah, it's very interesting that what we were driving towards was just like that sense of comfort, both from like a nostalgia perspective, but also just like aesthetically. We wanted to be comforted. Um, do you think that in... Because I was trying to come up with like a, a list of other... when We don't really have like a list here, right? We don't... These aren't our top five rainy day games. We're not like duking it out for the definitive that's rainy right. day game. Even though that's that makes for very strong episodes, this is going to be one of the weaker episodes. I apologize, <laughs> but still a very good one. Um, do you think that exploration or like do you think that that's a big part? Like I don't, I don't really think of 
Um, you know, I'm a big fighting game guy. I don't really think of Street Fighter as like a rainy day game, even though I have. It's too aggressive. Yeah, it is too aggressive. But I mean, it's not like Donkey Kong Country has no action in it. You know, it's it's an action platformer. Um, and also, this is weird and very specific to me, but um, my father and I used to go camping at the Wisconsin Dells campgrounds uh, a lot when I was a kid. Like every summer we would go like two or three times. And we had frequently had just like the worst luck with, with the weather and it would rain. And so instead of, you know, going hiking and, you know, doing stuff at the Dells, um, we would uh, end up in arcades. And this is that's where I learned to play Street Fighter was in arcades with, you know, like some guy beating up my Chun-Li because I didn't know what to do other than push kick as fast as I could. <laughs> um, and so, like, my a lot of my formative memories with Street Fighter are related to rain, but I don't think of it as a rainy day game. So it's not just, like, that connected wire. There is something about, like, the actual experience of the game that makes it feel more like a rainy day game. And I just don't know what that is. I want to figure it out. Um, like, let's let's put some games up and see like if they pass the rainy day test. Sure. I mean, I think for each person they're going to be a little bit different because like mm-hmm. another one that comes to mind for me is a boy and his blob, mm-hmm. the rescue of Princess Blobette on the, on game, the boy. game Boy. And a, the reason that is is because it's a game I remember playing a lot as a kid, even though I couldn't beat it, just putting like so much time into it. Or like, you know, being in my room, mm-hmm. it being overcast outside, you're like covered in a blanket and just like putting time into it. Like that's the sort of thing that I go to when uh, I'm thinking of like games, cozy games. So putting time into it is interesting, right? Like there is an element of you're a little bit more willing to engage with the boredom, right? Or like with the grind of something. I also I associate so many rainy days with just like grinding out, you know, the the last like set of magic spells in like Final Fantasy VI or something. Just in that same little area of the desert where all you find are cactars and hoovers, <laughs> just over and over again. Um, yeah, so like, it's interesting that boredom can be like a component of it. That like. You almost want a game that you're familiar with. Yeah. That like you're it's rainy days are not a day to like forge ahead into unknown territory. Right, 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 right. So it is a little bit exploring, but not exploring something new. <laughs> um Yeah, that's that's so interesting. Cause like I also don't think of like puzzle games. Uh, you know, if it's raining outside, I don't want to play like Puyo Tetris or Dr. Mario or something. Games that I love. Um, but like, yeah, for whatever reason, I, I just want it to be like more experiential. I want to be in a space uh, and like see what's see what's there. Um, I, I wanted to put forth uh, Mario 64 to see if it passes the the test i want to see maybe how late in time we can go because so far we're we're most we're on game boy and super nintendo right um is there a nintendo 64 game that we think uh fits the bill for rainy day game 
and does, is 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 that game Super Mario sixty four? Do you think that passes the test for you? I think Mario sixty four passes the test. Yeah, it's a game where again, like especially when you're a kid, and you know, I never got what is it like all one hundred and twenty stars. Oh, never. No, I like you know, and so there was always so much more of that game to explore. Yeah, sure. Um, my mind is going to. I think I think it works for me too. I have 120 starred um Mario 64, but it's also just such comfort food that I think it works for for me. Um I think Majora's Mask may be a perfect rainy day game. The Legend of Zelda Majora's Mask. Um because it has so many like you're doing this again. You're like it's built into how the game works and how progression works. Um, that you're repeating the same things over and over again. And it's also an incredibly moody game. Yeah, it checks that ab- atmospheric box. Yeah, absolutely. Um, that might be perfect. I may have just come up with a perfect rainy day game and we should just stop right now. <laughs> uh, is that, Can you think of another like Nintendo 64 one that you think works for you? Mm, no, not really. I feel like that was like... Atmosphere is something that, in my opinion, was missing from a lot of N64 games. Yeah, I think that's right. Uh, and fog doesn't count, really. Because it was everywhere. Right. You know. Burn, Superman 64. <laughs> <laughs> Mark's coming out swinging. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I think, I think that's... And I, I worry about like going any further in like Nintendo history, or like closer to now, just because I feel like... I don't know, our relationship to video games changes as we, you know, leave high school and um and and all of that. And also just sort of uh around the uh turn of the century too, we start like just playing more games so you're not really sinking unlimited hours into um one game. I don't know, any other thoughts about uh rainy day games? It uh it's so rare in LA. Yes. When you have the opportunity. Mm-hmm. Uh but yeah, there's just something very comforting about it. About the rainy day? Yeah. And about like going back to those things that you loved mm-hmm. and still love. I also I, I like maybe what part of that is is that you're like, well, it's a rainy day, I can't go out. <laughs> Which is a very LA thing and I know whatever. Um but when it rains, you're like, I don't know. It's going to take forever to drive somewhere. It's like being a kid again when you didn't have the option of yeah, going somewhere. Exactly. You're like, well, I can't, I can't go to the swing set. So I may as well play Donkey Kong Country again. All right, Mark. That was a fun conversation. Let's uh, close out this topic. And that's going to do it for this episode of Nintendo Cartridge Society. If you enjoyed it, you can rate, review, subscribe, all that good stuff on Apple Podcasts. Um, We would love to hear your rainy day games uh, because, you know, we only had a handful and we're not really sure that we drilled down into why we like them when it's raining. Well, and I feel like it's one of those things that it's just going to be based on everybody's individual experiences. Probably true. Yeah. You know, maybe you had a Sega Genesis as a kid. What? What are, what are you gonna play? Altered Beast when it like rains? a Dreamcast? I would love to hear somebody's rainy day Dreamcast game. No, I had a Dreamcast. I played it a lot when it was raining. I don't know that I have one for that though. I just play Power Stone again. <laughs> 
Uh, anyway, we would love to hear all of that. Uh, you can send an email to Nintendo Cartridge Society at, at gmail.com. Or you can hit us up on Twitter. We are um, at Nincart Society. And on Facebook, we are just Nintendo Cartridge Society. If you want to follow Mark and I individually on Twitter, I am uh, at Patrick underscore Ellers and Mark is at MKE Mitchell. If you like Mark or Mind's opinions, you can check out our comic book reviews and discussions on RetconPunch.com. Olivia Duncan made our logo. Our theme music is provided by Ape at Betty. You can check out his music by going to apeatbetty.com or by listening right now. For my co-host, Mark Mitchell, this is Patrick Ellers saying... Thanks for listening. Campfire.